1: Thank you for joining us. As believers in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is vital that we possess the mind of Christ. How do we do that? By consistently studying and applying God's Word daily. We are compelled to let the mind of Christ be in us and assures us that as the children of God, we can have the mind of Christ. The question is, do we exercise this God-given gift daily? No matter what is going on around us, we should not fear Trust God because He is with us from our beginning to our end. There is no wiggle room here. Either we trust God or we don't. We must know that no matter what we see or hear, we can have the mind of Christ. Have Bible, pen, and paper handy and listen closely as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Sing Joy, still have joy,
2: peace. Still have peace. Hope, still have hope. Shout, still can shout. Dance, still can dance. Father, help us not to get so stiff on you. When we're in the world, we sure could cut loose on those floors. Get saved and can't even move. Don't even want to stand up. Oh, God. Loosen us up. Free us where the spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty. Thank you, Father. Help us now to preach the uncompromising gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray against satanic distractions. I can't do this without you, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help me now, uh, empower me now, equip me now to preach this message on the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name and all God's children said, Amen. 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 Have your Bibles. We've been uh, in this series since uh, the first Sunday of the New Year. I still have a few sermons to go, but I'm, I'm taking my time going through it because when I leave this series, I don't know when I'll be back to it, so we need to make the most of it while we're here because we'll be going to another book in the Bible when we finish this particular series. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, B says, But we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. And with that, I pose a question to you. What happens when you fail to cultivate a spiritual mindset? Um, What happens when you fail to cultivate a spiritual mindset? Number one, only when you have been set free from the bondage of sin will you be able to think with clarity. Only when you have been set free from the bondage of sin will you be able to think with clarity Will you be able to acquire spiritual understanding? Will you be able to possess a willingness to forgive? And will you be able to experience freedom in Christ? God wants you to possess these qualities, and you cannot possess these qualities until you have been liberated and emancipated by the Lord Jesus Christ himself filling your mind with the truth of God's word spiritually revives you when you fill your mind with the word of God. You get spiritually renewed when you fill your mind with the word of God. You get spiritual refreshment and it also brings spiritual freedom into one's thinking so many minds are held captive so many minds are closed. So many minds are just not Christ-centered, but off-centered. Second uh, Corinthians chapter three, verse seventeen says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom." That's why you want God to govern your mind, because when God is in your thinking, you have freedom in your life, beloved. It is critical for the Holy Spirit to rule your life. It is critical for the Holy Spirit to reign in your life as well as govern your thinking, which liberates and brings freedom to your mind, I say it again: It is critical when the Holy Spirit rules your life, when the Holy Spirit reigns over your life, when the Holy Spirit governs your thinking. This will liberate you and give you freedom of mind. You want freedom of mind because if you don't have freedom in your mind, your whole life, the whole of your life, is held captive. Your mind is either enslaved or free. Your mind is either held captive or free. Which is it? I have never seen so many minds that are confused. I have never seen so many minds that are hardened. And I have never seen so many minds that are deceived. If your mind is held captive or enslaved by drugs, if your mind is enslaved by or held captive by negativity, if your mind is enslaved, held captive by unforgiveness, evil thoughts, if your mind is held captive by pornography and sensual thoughts, social media, entertainment and politics, then you need to pray and cry out to God to liberate your mind so that you can be an effective Christian husband. You want your mind free. You want your life free so that you can be an effective Christian wife, that you can be a wonderful parent for Christ, a wonderful co-worker for Christ to the glory of Christ. And be greatly used in the kingdom of Christ. John eight thirty six says, therefore, if the son, who's the son, the Lord Jesus makes you free, only he can free and emancipate us. You shall be free indeed. Beloved, if you possess the truth of God's word in your life, then you will possess a spiritual perspective. When you allow God's word to rule and reign in your life, you'll possess spiritual perspective. You, when, when God's word is dominant in your life, you will have wisdom from God. You will have spiritual understanding from God. When you read God's word, God will begin to open your mind to the word of God. The word of God begins to get clarified through the spirit of God because he is uh, ministering to your mind their spiritual discernment, and the ability to identify sin. When the Holy Spirit is governing and superintending your thinking according to the Word of God, you will have the capacity to think biblically. Say, think biblically. Everything that happens in life, every time you move, whatever you see at any sphere of life, You ought to send it through your personal biblical grid that God has established within the context of your mind because you saturate your mind with the word of God. John 8.32 says, and I say it again, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth of God's word is liberating. And that's why Satan will do everything in his power to keep you from the word of God, because he knows the spiritual advantages that you have when you read and meditate on the authoritative word of God. The word of God makes you free. It makes you free and the truth shall make you free. It breaks those spiritual chains. Number two. What happens when you fail to cultivate a spiritual mindset? When you fail to cultivate a spiritual mindset in your own mind that God has given you, you think like the world and allow it to squeeze you into its mold. When God is not in control of your life, when God is not in control of your mind, if he's not in control of your mind then he's not in control of your life, then the world and Satan's desire is to squeeze you into its mold. I love the J.B. Phillips translation, which says in Romans 12 two, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Satan has he wants to mold your life satanically, but God wants to liberate you and emancipate you. The scripture says, but let God remold your mind from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands and move forward, uh, moves toward the goal of true maturity. My friend, when you think like the world, listen closely. When you think like the world, when you talk like the world, when you behave like the world and when you react like the world, you damage your own Christian testimony to the extent that people can't see Jesus in you. I mean, when you think like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, uh, behave like the world, then people can't see Jesus in you. When people look at your life, what message do they get from your life. Do they see Satan or do they see Jesus in you? Beloved, the world and Satan deeply desires to squeeze you into their own mold to your own detriment. You counteract, you counteract this by allowing the Holy Spirit to progressively change and spiritually mature your mind. It's a progressive spiritual transformation and change that's ongoing. You cannot follow the world and Christ simultaneously. Did you get that? You cannot follow the world and Christ simultaneously. Therefore, you need to choose how you're going to live your life and who will be in charge of it. Now, either one or two persons is in charge of your your life. It's not 15 folk. God is either in charge of your life or Satan. Which is it? You already know, you know, what do you love? What do you love to do? Does it glorify God or does it grieve the heart of God? Number three, if you fail to cultivate a spiritual mindset, you are more prone and you're more inclined to associate with bad company. When you don't have a spiritual mindset, you're more inclined to associate with bad company and receive ungodly counsel. I love that great passage in Psalms number one, uh, verses one and two. It says, blessed is the man, a woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law. He meditates day and night when you keep close company with people who are wicked When you keep close company with people who are critical and divisive and just downright evil, it becomes destructive to your mind. Wayward, rebellious, evil folk will damage your mind and even destroy your mind. However, when you meditate on the word of God day and night, you will have discernment, spiritual discernment as to who to associate with and to allow into your life. You'll be able to discern is is the God-given ability to discriminate so many believers' lives have been derailed. So many believers' lives have been derailed by people they allowed into their lives because they did not seek God's counsel about that person coming into their lives. Believers were not discerning about their negative influence on them. Be mindful. People can look so genuine and yet be so subtle and deceptive toward you. Therefore, ask God for permission before allowing people into your life. Did you get that? Ask God for permission before allowing people in your life. Everybody don't belong in your life. I don't care how good they look, how pretty they are, how handsome they are, how intelligent they are. But they don't belong. You say, God, do you want me to fellowship with this person? Do you really want us to? to have close association with, or do you want me to leave that person alone? Ask God about your relationships. Ask God for permission before allowing people into your life, especially with so much access to social media and the Internet. You don't know who's who without God. People can put up a real good front, real good front. And you know what people do? They come into your life so smoothly, so nicely look like they're just the right person and, they, and then all of a sudden you, you realize you, you don't have lemonade, you just have a lemon. <laughs> 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 and they mess up your life real ba- They mess it up badly. And you know Once they mess it up badly then they're gone. You can't find them. They're gone to Mississippi, Florida and you stuck in San Antonio still with the, you. You're still trying to deal with what they've done to you. You don't even know their address. They gone. I mean, they good and gone. Left you with two babies and gone. Gone, gone. Just gone. But you didn't check in with God. Ask God about everything. Number four. Before I get too, too, too passionate here. <laughs> You cannot be greatly used of God until you are intentional about letting God elevate your thinking. You cannot be greatly used by God until you are intentional. Uh, and if you are not cultivate, if you fail to cultivate the mind of Christ, then you cannot be intentional about God elevating, allowing God to elevate your thinking to the glory of God. Uh, Philippians 4, 8 D says, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Think about things that are what? Excellent and worthy of praise. Not bad things. Things that are excellent, good, wholesome, healthy, edifying, glorifying to Christ. The Lord wants to do great things through you and with you. God did not not save you for you to just sit, soak, and sour. God created you with purpose. God has a plan for your life. The Lord wants to do great things through you and with you. But because some of you think so pessimistically, some of you are so negative, some of you are so full of self-doubt and have a defeatist attitude, you miss so many kingdom opportunities that could have been yours. You talk yourself out of blessings. Say what you can't do. Listen, you ought to have the the word of God resonating in you that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Stop telling God what he can't do through you. Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. He can do more through you than you can ask. More through you than you could ever think. According to the power, the spirit of God that works within us. The Holy Spirit can do wonderful things through you. You know, you may have had a bad start, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Finish. You you may have had a setback, but you know what? A setback is a setup for a comeback. But you gotta, you say, you, say, you got to think like that if you want to make some ground, if you want to be somebody. You, you, God wants you great. God don't want you just to be mediocrity, so, 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 badly making it, just dragging your feet. You just drag on to heaven. And, God, and, and you can stand before God and he's going to say, why didn't you give me more? I had all of this for you, but you was just dragging on me. And you full so full of self-doubt and telling me what you can't do instead of trusting me to do extraordinary things through you. Through you. I never thought that I'd be preaching to this many people and on all these different venues and traveling all over the world. I mean, if God had unveiled all this to me in the early days of my ministry, I probably would have passed out. So he, he gave me what I can handle incrementally. You know, as much as I can handle uh, at my maturity level until I could grow into it. And as I begin to grow, God begins to dispense much more as I start making steps toward God and believing His Word and sacrificing. And my wife and I being totally sold out for Jesus and sacrificing for Jesus, then God begins to pour out blessings. That we can't even receive. But it starts with our faith and our relationship with God taking us every step was taking us a little bit higher, a little bit higher until look what God has done through us by his grace. We've borne much fruit because our love for Jesus. But it's no secret what God can do. What he's done for me, he'll do the same for you. And what he's done for you, he'll do for others. All you got to do is love Jesus and bless God And use the gifts that he has deposited within you. Beloved, do you believe that God is able to do extraordinary things through you? Uh, It all begins with possessing and cultivating the mind of Christ. Number five, when you fail to cultivate a spiritual mindset, you will lack physical rest, which is so essential for a healthy mindset. When you fail to cultivate a spiritual mindset, you will lack spiritual rest, which is essential to a healthy mindset. Mark 6.31 says, and he said to them, come aside by yourselves, by yourselves, to a deserted place where it's not a whole lot of folk, and rest a while. Rest is so healthy in the Christian life. Uh, There's nothing like, a tired worn out body for there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. That's how busy they were. And sometimes we think being busy is being spiritual, but not necessarily so. Not necessarily. So God told the disciples come aside and rest because they were so busy in kingdom work. And there are people, other Christians who just live to rest I mean, they live to rest. Their whole life is just on rest, on sabbatical. They said, "What you been doing?" Resting, <laughs> sleeping. I mean, can't account. I mean, if you were to die, and I did your funeral, and I hope you live ninety, hundred years. But if you were to die, and your casket was laying here, and I was doing you. Uh, uh, the eulogy, and I was, and I was uh, sharing about your life. What would we have to replace because of your being with Jesus? You, know, I'm, I'm talking about living to rest. Would w- we? W- would a usher be missing? Would w- w- would somebody out of the org be missing? Somebody out the out the praise team be missing? Somebody off a camera be missing? You, oh, you're Would you be missing there? Oh, you with the youth ministry with children and more ranch and all of that. Would you be missing as a youth ministry teacher? I mean, what would we have to replace because you are not there anymore? And I declare for some people, we don't have to make any adjustments because they've been on sabbatical. <laughs> sabbatical. Jesus and his disciple was about the father's business, and they were weary in the work to the extent that God says, let's pull away, take some time to rest. A fatigued body leads to a mind that is agitated. A fatigued body and mind leads to disturb, being disturbed and restless. When you fatigue, you are short-tempered, you are grouchy and irritable. Beloved, you cannot have a healthy mind without taking adequate time to rest yourself. Say rest yourself. A tired, worn out, restless mind and body is of no use to God. It is of no use to your family, the Lord's church, or anyone else. I'm so glad we do not have a window in the sanctuary. Other than that one way up there, I don't know how you're going to get up there unless you got wings but I'm so glad you say why Uh, because some of you are so tired and worn out and sleepy and you get your best sleep in the church that you will be like Eutychus in the book of Acts and you will fall out the window sleeping on the sermon like Eutychus did of Paul and die but be mindful unlike Paul I cannot resurrect you from the dead I can't resurrect you. I can't resurrect you. You fall out and die. I can't resurrect you. I'm not Paul. Therefore, stay alert. Go to bed. Be attentive in the Lord's house. Worship. Celebrate. When I said dance, dance, I still can dance after all the things I've been through. When you think about how God has delivered you, how God has helped you, how God has emancipated you, where God has brought you from, you ought to be dancing and shouting on Jesus. After all the things you've been through, you ought to be dancing and shouting and full of jubilation. Uh, Number six. Without a spiritual mindset, you are more prone to succumb to anger. Without, this one I'm going to label with a while. It's my last point. You say, why? Because I'm going to label with it. Without a spiritual mindset, you are more prone to succumb to anger. James chapter 1 verse 20 says, For the anger of a man or woman does not produce the righteousness of God. The anger of a man or woman does not produce godlike qualities, does not produce godly character, does not produce righteousness. When you allow your anger rather than the Holy Spirit to rule your life, you will display ungodly character traits that ruin your Christian testimony and grieve the heart of Almighty God.
1: Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas.